God bless me. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, can, can you hear me properly? Okay. Uh, today, I have the privilege to share with you the Word of God. And I would like to speak to you about aligning with God's vision, stepping and walking to God's life. Uh, when God created earth, when God created the heavens and this earth that we believe in, we ne he never meant it. He created a perfect world. There was no death, there was no disease, there, were, there was no suffering. But as you all know, sin entered into the world and everything basically has changed. Uh, nature has fallen, man has fallen, and because of that, we have seen, we have death, we have suffering, we have anxiety, we have stress, uh, and we have death, yeah, which is, the, which is bad because when we think about death, I mean, it's, it feels unnatural. No, I mean, the last thing that we want to do uh, is, is thinking about death, thinking about diseases, thinking about just passing away. No one wants that. It feels so unnatural because it's ingrained in our nation that we are eternal beings. We never been created to die. That was the purpose when God created us, created us to live forever. But thanks God, uh, He sent Jesus Christ because He is the answer. He is the God's restoration to that, to what happened in the beginning when sin entered into the world. So as I explained to you, God's desire for us is to give, to give us a good life and to live to his standards. So when he wants us to live you know, a, a just, uh, um, just you know, uh, like a life that is, okay, you are doing well, but okay. You know, sometimes you feel your life is okay, but it could be better. And that's his dream. His dream is for you to have the best life of you, the best life that you can ever have. That's his aim, and that's why he sent Jesus. And that was the main purpose of Jesus coming to earth. When he came, he said in John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief is talking about the enemy. He is the one who led Adam and Eve into, into the temptation of disobeying God, and that's why how sin entered into the world. So the thief does not come to ex except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So that's the purpose of, of Jesus coming to earth, that we may have life and a life more abundantly. When people read this passage, they think, ah, they are talking about eternal life, a spiritual life. When you refer to the Greek, the word life is, is called soi. You know where the, where the name soi means? Is soi remains at, at that animal life, that natural life that we have on earth. He's referring to this life. He's not referring to the life after we pass away. He's referring to the life that we have here and now. He, he came that our life here on earth is abundant, it's a good one, it's one where you are provided, where you are healthy, where you are strong, where you live happy and there is no, no stress, no worries, no anxieties in your life consuming you, not letting you sleep. That's not the kind of life that he wants you to have, he wants you to have a good life. So 
the way that he did it is that on the cross, a divine exchange happened. On the cross, Calvary, he took our sin and, and, and we took his righteousness. It was a divine exchange that happened on the cross. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made he God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin. He did no sin. In him there was no sin. He didn't die for his own sin because there was no sin on Jesus. As I said, he did no sin, he knew no sin. In him there was no sin. So God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we, who knew no righteousness, may become the righteousness of God in him. That's the divine exchange. When you receive Jesus in your life, when you receive his salvation, believe that you are righteous. You may think, but my actions doesn't show that I'm righteous. Sometimes I still make faults. I still struggle with this and that. Your actions don't, don't determine your status. Your status is that you are righteous. You're doing, not, do not determine what you are. What you are, you need to believe that what you are is that you are righteous in Jesus. And that will determine you, the way that you act. So it's not the other way around. So is that clear? Is what I am, when I believe that I am righteous by, the, by Jesus' finished work, don't worry about changing the stuff in your life. The Holy Spirit will work through you and he will change those, those habits. He will change those things that you are struggling with, those addictions you are struggling with, those thoughts that you are struggling with. He, the Holy Spirit will work through you. So all you have to do is believe every day, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that's the, that's the way that we can experience, we can enter in this life. But what kind of life he wants us to have? What is his standard? So let's see what Romans says. So how can I access into Jesus' standard? Romans says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, how much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I, I have highlighted abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. In the Greek, the word receiving, receive is in the present progressive. It's, it's not something that you just receive just once and that's it. No. Receive, you keep on receiving. And in, in the Greek, is. Those who keep receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness is something that you need to practice every day. Every day when you wake up, see yourself being receiving. Be, don't be worried. The grace of God is upon me. Don't be worried. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I may not have it all together, but my God is telling me today, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As, 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 as far as the Father is concerned, I'm perfect. I'm his beloved. I'm his beloved one in whom he is well pleased. So don't doubt about that. Just practice his presence every day by, by just be practice the awareness of your righteousness on him and his 
He's all day, every day, just giving you abundance of grace. Grace after grace, says Paul. It's, it's this image of when you are in the beach and you see the waves coming one after the other. That's his grace. It's never ending. Always when, when one uh, a wave of grace is fading, the next one is coming. The same in your life. Every day, God is, is, is always lavishing you with his grace. One gra- when one uh, wave of grace fades, the next one is, uh, is coming. So it's always, always his grace is always flowing in your life. So, how we share on Jesus' resurrection life today? So how can we be partakers of that resurrection life? When we receive Jesus, when we are one with Christ, it says, Colossians says that when he died, we die with him. As, as if we believe that Jesus took my sin, took my place on the cross, as far as God is concerned, we all die with Jesus on the cross. We die with him. But we also being resurrected with him. When, he, when Jesus was resurrected, that was the divine receipt that is telling everyone, my son has paid for your sin. So, had it not been for God being satisfied with what Jesus did on the cross, he will never have been raised from the dead. But because he was raised, that's the divine receipt that is telling us that we have, we have been very righteous by the blood of Jesus. His sacrifice was enough. So now we live with him. We are partakers of his life. According to Paul, now we are hidden in Christ. We are one with Christ. His life is in us and we are in him. It's a mystery. No one can understand how can I be with, be with God, uh, but uh, he's outside, but he's also inside of me. It's a mystery, but it's a reality. So you are hidden with Christ in God. That's our place when, when you believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, I just want to when when Queen Elizabeth goes on tours, when Queen Elizabeth goes to uh, do a visit the state to another country, people say, "Oh, this is Queen Elizabeth. She sits on the throne of England." But right now she's I mean she's visiting this let's say Canada, the U.S. But that's an expression. Ah, this is Queen Elizabeth. Nice to meet you. She sits on the throne on the, on the throne of England. That's her position. The throne is in England, but that doesn't mean she's always sitting on the throne. Wherever she is on the world, she's the Queen of England and she sits on the throne of England. It's the same with us. Ephesians says, which he bore in Christ, where he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that in which to come and he put God put all things under Jesus feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all so it says here that we the church are the body of Christ and we are, that's the mystery I've been talking about, we are 
we are the body of Christ. If we are in Christ and Christ is in us, our position in heaven is that we are seated with at the right hand of the Father. We are seated with Christ. That's our position. We are seated with the King next to God. And all, the, all things have been placed under his feet. So, if we are his body, that means all things are also under our feet. Everything is under our feet. So we are reigning with Christ. So take this in mind. Wherever you go, you are, you are, your regal presence goes everywhere with you. So you are royalty. You are special. You are unique. We are all unique. Wherever we go, we are ambassadors of Christ. And we carry his glory and we carry his presence and our words carry weight. So let's ask the Lord for wisdom every time we have to speak to someone in our normal settings with family, at work. Our words carry weight. So let's ask for wisdom. So every time we speak, we speak words of peace, words of wisdom. So everyone may notice there is something special about this employee. There is something special about Pete when he comes to this place. That must fear changes it's because we carry the glory of Jesus okay so if, if God is if we are one with Christ and we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places then uh, that means that Psalm 91 is a reality for us because he we are hidden he is the we are hidden in Christ according to Paul in Colossians 3.3. We are hidden in Christ. And so we are hidden. When you are hidden, that means you are in a secret place. So Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The secret place of the Most High is Jesus. And we are all hidden in Him. So that means that Psalm 91 is a reality for us. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We are protected. We are covered under the shadow of His wings. A thousand may fall at our right hand side. Ten thousands at our left, but nothing can happen to us. So if you read, every, if you read Psalm 91, every verse on that psalm is a reality for us. No evil shall be for our place. With long life I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. That's the way the Psalm 91 finishes. And, and, and when it says, I will show you my salvation, the word salvation is in Hebrew, is Yeshua. I will show you my Jesus. With long life I will satisfy you and I will show you my son, my salvation, my Jesus. So that's us today. So this is, uh, the logical implication is that the Lord is with us. This has, nowadays it's like a cliche. May the Lord be with you. The Lord is with us. It's used so commonly that it has lost, its, I mean, its weight. I mean, when we need to recover that. For the Jewish mind, for the Jewish mind, that's awesome. In, in the Old Testament, this was a dream that the Lord is with us, it was the desire of the Jewish people, that the Lord will be always with them. When you read the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came and on a person for a while, and then his presence left him. 
It was not permanent. For us, today is a reality. The Holy Spirit will never leave us, never forsake us. He's always with us wherever we go. For them, there was a dream. It was a dream. So I will explain a bit when the Jewish, uh, for a Jewish mind, what it means to be the Lord is with me. So you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, when Joseph, the son of Jacob, was taken into captivity, sorry, was sold by his brothers to Egypt to be a slave. Remember that story? So when, in those days, in those days when someone was sold as a slave, if I were to buy a slave, I need to see if, uh, I mean, they will parade all the slaves like cattle. I'm pretty sure they had they were naked because I didn't. I don't want to take anyone of my house who has a disease. So if I want to take a slave into my household, it has to be something strong, something healthy. So I'm pretty sure when Joseph was parade on that market to be sold in Egypt, he was naked and destitute. He didn't have probably any clothes on him because people want to see if he was a healthy slave. But let's say what the Bible says at this point when he was sold. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bore him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down to that place. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in his house, of, on the house of his master, the Egyptian. You see, at that point, he didn't have any clothes, or any possession. But the Bible said that the Lord was with him, and he was a prosperous man. So to be prosperous, to be a prosperous man is to have the presence of the Lord with you. You could be naked, you could be a slave, but if the Lord is with us, whatsoever you do shall prosper. Money, possessions will come after it, will chase you down. Because this was Joseph's condition. He was a slave, he was naked and destitute. Still the Bible says that he was a prosperous man. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And that's us. The Lord is with us. Don't look at your present situation. You may be struggling, you may be full with all of anxieties and fears. You may be ill. But don't be worried, the Lord is with you and He will make you prosper. He will heal you, He will prosper you, He will take you out of that situation that you are desperate to come out of it. So don't worry, you are a prosperous man, you are a prosperous woman. So take heart and cheer up. So that's why, to finish my point on this, when, when Joseph received the visit of angel, and he said, and the angel spoke to him that Emmanuel, that he's going to have a child, that Mary was going to have a child, and his name was, was to be called Emmanuel, God with us. He understood immediately, God with us. This is the long dream of all Jewish nation, and now the Lord is going to be with us, and he's going to be in my household. So that changed the whole situation. They were poor, probably. Uh, Mary and Joseph, they were not well off. But as soon as the Lord came into their lives, they didn't need to worry about anything. As soon as baby Jesus came into their family, wise men from the east came with, 
gold, frankincense, uh, and myrrh, which at, in that time it was very valuable goods. Probably they were thinking, how I'm going to support this baby boy? But God provided, because the Lord was with them. So, what are they apart? Okay, now we know that the Lord is with us. And, and if the Lord is with us, we have, food, we have life. And the result of life, when, when you have life, there is fruit in your life. When there is life in a plant, it will produce fruit. When, when, when there is life in, a, in, in our households, in our situation, there will be fruits. There will be byproducts. There will be consequences of having life. So, what is the fruit of God's life in us? According to the Romans, according to Romans 4.13, 4, Paul says that the promise that there will be heirs of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Because as I said from the beginning, we have received this righteousness by faith. Now the consequence is that we are heirs of the world. We have the world, uh, the, the, that word, uh, the word world, <laughs> is in, in, in Greek is cosmos. We are heirs of the universe. We are heirs not only of this earth, heirs of the universe. The universe is our playground. So if, if we are heirs of the world, that means we have everything with him, everything. How am I supposed to be a heir of the world if I'm broke? How am I supposed to be a heir of the world if I'm, if I'm laying on a bed with a sickness or an infirmity? So, with this in mind, when we receive Jesus, we receive everything we need for this life. We receive healing. We receive provision. We receive abundance of peace. This is what, when we say peace in Hebrew, shalom, it means wholeness, completeness. It's, not, it's just not about a state of mind. It's a state of being. A state of being in your in. in Everything that has to do with your life, that peace, that shalom peace that the Lord brings, encompasses everything that uh, is in your life. Whatever is related to your life, that peace, that shalom peace extends to your family life, extends to your world life, extends to your health, extends to everything. So we are heirs of the world. So you. It, 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 because of Jesus, because now we are righteous right now, because now we are completely righteous, and as far as God is concerned, every time He sees, He sees us, He sees us perfect, because He sees us in the beloved, because we, we are with Christ. He sees, He sees us perfect, because we are hidden on Jesus. When every time He sees us, Jesus, He sees perfection, He sees holiness, He sees complete righteousness. Because of that, all the promises of the righteous that are in the Bible are for us. So now Deuteronomy 28, 1-14 is a reality for us. In the Old Testament, when this, when, when this was given, you need to fulfill the law. You need to perform. You need to fulfill every iota of the law to, for all this to become a reality. But because Jesus came to fulfill the law for us, now all this is for us. So, you want me to uh, come? I will ask, uh, I will ask uh, Ricky to read this for us. Deuteronomy 28, 1-14. 
and it shall come to pass that you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall, be, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of the ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and flee before you seven ways. I only agree to do the first one. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. In the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of the ground, in the land of which the Lord has swore your fathers to give you, the Lord will open to you his, I've lost my train, his good treasure in the heavens, to give you the rain to the land of its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, so the right ones they have to go after the young ones to serve them. So isn't that exciting? All this is a reality for us now. Yes. We don't... The part that says, uh, if you obey, we obey, because we were hidden in Christ and he obeyed for us. He came to fulfill the law. This is what he said when he came. He didn't came to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. And he did it for you and I. So we can receive all the abundant life that he has for us. And he says that the Lord, the Lord will command his blessing on you. The blessing will overtake you. You don't need to work on it. They will chase you wherever you go. As says in Psalm 23, says, goodness and mercy shall follow you, shall hunt you down and reach you and overtake you. So this is for us, church. So rejoice. So meditate on this every time. Just when you open the Bible, just read this and rejoice because this is all yours. If it's there in a particular God interested, that's it, say, it's mine. It's mine because God, Jesus got it for me. So with this I will finish. So if that is a reality, then our life is like this. Our life is like the path of the just, like the shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. And other time I just say that our life gets better and better. And that's us. Our life should be getting and better. Because all the days of our life are like days of heaven on earth, says the Bible. And this is us finally, Psalm 1-3. We shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Have you seen a tree planted by the rivers? They never dry, they are always green, always full of sap, always full of life, and always giving fruit, whatever the season. 
we will be like those trees, always giving fruit. And whatsoever we do shall prosper. Even if you make mistakes, because sometimes we make mistakes, God will work out everything for our own good. So, take heart, church. This, is, this life, uh, this work is for us today. Receive it in your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I would like to thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to share this word with you, Lord, with the church. Thank you, Lord. I'm asking you that as we start this week, let your blessing be upon everyone, upon uh, everyone here that listening to me. Let it be you shining on them, protecting them. Lord, wherever they go, let your goodness and mercy follow, follow them wherever they go. Lord, as we go out of this place, we start this week with your blessing. Lord, thank you, my Jesus. Amen.